Hey everybody, welcome back to the Crown Refs Podcast for episode 239, titled Bridging the Gap with Coach Neek. Coach Neek is a Chicagoland area coach who also has his own podcast who reached out to me recently and wanted to do a collaboration and try to really bridge this communication gap between both sides. Um, I really give him a lot of credit for wanting to help out and inquire about the mindset of an official. And, um, you know, we're trying to make the game better overall. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you are looking for episode 235, titled The New Approach to Managing Coaches, it is on our Patreon platform. If you are looking to listen to the Natasha Kamey episode, uh, it's on our Patreon platform. If you are looking to hear Rapid Responses, episode 6, it is on our Patreon platform. Game Notes, episode 30 is on Patreon as well. So hopefully you have an opportunity to go check out that page for more exclusive content. Uh, In the meantime, do me one last favor before you listen. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. All methods of recruiting are positive, I think. The next chapter, I think, with Crown Refs is I'm actually getting a lot of non-officials that reach out to me that have been inspired by my videos that want to become a ref now, which is pretty cool. Um, They're hitting me up through email saying, I saw your video. Uh, How do I become a ref? Hey, everybody, this is another uh, episode of Use the Game Podcast. Uh, we have Paul Diaspera uh, from Crown uh, Reps. Um, thanks for joining me, Paul. I'm definitely excited, man. Thanks for the opportunity to jump on with me, man. Um, so I'm going to just shoot straight, man. Uh, you know, kind of tell me your background. Well, um, I'm a family first guy, so it all it all starts with there. You know, I... I believe I'm, you know, a high character individual who, uh, you know, believes in, in kindness and respect for everybody. So that's my, the first pillar that I think is important to know because that trickles down into every other part of my life. Uh, as far as my professional background, I'm a physical education teacher in New York city. I've been teaching pre-K to fifth grade since 2011. Um, and that served as, you know, kind of my entryway into being a professional in, in, coaching and teaching that served as a platform for me to then get certified as an official in a few years later on 2012. Um, so I'm, you know, and being a teacher and being a ref kind of complement each other really well. Um, I do three sports too. So I do girls lacrosse, I do field hockey, but super passionate about basketball. And, you know, it's definitely my craft and it's something I've been studying and, and working really hard at, uh, since 2012. And, um, you know, in 2018, I always knew I wanted to give back to the game as I started to progress and get a little bit more seasoned as an official. Um, I didn't know whether that would come in the form of a camp or a clinic, which is something I'm going to definitely do in the future. Um, didn't know it was going to be social media, but uh, you know, kind of hit me one day in 2018 that I wanted to go online and start start Crown Refs as a way to give back to officials and provide them you know, high level training and development, as well as connecting with as many officials as I could online. Um, so, you know, Crown Ref started in, in 2018, and um, you know, I appreciate you found me recently, and I'm glad we can connect here. So, that's just a little, little, uh, little bio on me. Word, word. Yeah, man, it was just uh, intriguing, man, just to see you. We were actually uh, coming from a game at a tournament, man, and I'm like, 
you know, just on TikTok, just kind of rolling through, man. And, you know, with my schedule, um, you know, I'm a high school coach. So coaching in Northwest Indiana, right outside of Chicago, about 25 miles in Maryville High School. Um, and now I'm an assistant this year. So um, I'm kind of took a, you know, you know, sitting in that seat, you know, from be, being a head coach at the school I was at last year. Um, I'm learning new things, you know, uh, and I, man, I just love how you kind of approach the game, uh, in itself, man. So like, uh, what do you see the misconceptions right now, as far as officials, uh, you know, starting from the high school, you know, college NBA, what, what are those misconceptions that a lot of, you know, cause like you said, we're trying to bridge the gap, uh, of, you know, officials, and coaches getting an understanding, what do you see the misconceptions in the game right now? Well, I just think, I, I don't think there's been a ton of awareness raised about how hard we work and how difficult, you know, officiating is. And that's why I wanted to, um, you know, bridge the gap and expose my content to coaches and players, because I think there's a lot that we can both learn from each other. So I think one misconception is how hard we work and how difficult uh, that it is. Um, but I think there's a lot more work that we can do um, as refs. It's, you know, it starts with accountability. Um, you know, so we have to get better. Referees have to get better as a whole. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking on like on the high school level, you know, college, once you hit college, you know, they reach a certain skill level. And I, I think we can all continuously get better no matter the level. But like speaking high school down, it's a, it's a part-time job for most. And, and that's a really big pillar um, where I think the disconnect comes in because, you know, you have, you have coaches and players who are working year round and, and refs work year round as well. But my full-time job is being a teacher, right? right. Part-time job, you, you're generally not going to be as passionate about. So that's why I'm trying to kind of invigorate and inspire officials to want to, to want to really love it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing lately, and uh, with the TikTok videos. Which uh, TikTok did you see that that caught you? Man, man, you were with the young lady, and the way you explained the call, um, and how you were telling her to kind of, you know, tell the assistant, uh, you know, to kind of how you're speaking to the assistant, right? So, um, we went to, so we had a Christmas tournament, right? And so we had an older official uh, who was. Um, one of my head coach, right? He was like, uh, you know, if you could, right? Respectfully, right? Respectfully, he said, if you could, you know, can we kind of get the game under control? Because I'm afraid somebody may get hurt with how physical the game is. And so he gave him, he gave my head coach a warning, right? And so um, one of my guys ended up getting hurt, two of my guys, right? And he says, he, and he was saying, he was walking away, right? saying to himself, he said, you know, this is the, one of the reasons why I say, and the ref take them up. And so what happened was, and speaking to your point, like about officials being better and, you know, the guys from the next game had told me, he, they were like, you know, uh, such and such, you know, he's been a ref at the higher levels and he sometimes, you know, kind of can be, you know, a little earth, you know, sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, we understand that, you know, but I feel like, you know, for me, right, in my career um, as, a, as a head coach, I've only got one technical file, right? And now, um, and, and you know, now we're just kind of, you know, talking now and trying to get an understanding. So I kind of, being a student of the game, right, so 
the one technical I got, it was a it was a tra- trap game as a coach. We call them trap games where you have a team that may not be as good as talented as your team, right? And you know, a O and A team, and I'm my record is this. So I was, they were beating our behinds that night. So I said, you know, I was frustrated, right? And I just I slapped my hands on. I said, call a foul, right? And so and he did, right? And so so he <laughs> called the right. He called the foul, right? And so um, he take me up, right? And so now be it, right? Me in my mind, a good official walks walk away. You get what I'm saying? Don't walk past me. You know, and he kind of bumped me a little bit. So. And I pride myself on being respectful, right? So in that situation, you know, I'm like, you know, I think you had told her, you know, um, I don't know, I think it was one video, like you you walk away, you know, you you make the call at the table and then you walk away. So if you can kind of explain a situation like that where an official, you, you're calling a technical foul. And when that, you know, when that, when that emotion wears down, right, from that official, Maybe you switch sides. So if you can kind of, you know, to the audience, to, you know, people watching right now, can you help me, you know, in that moment, right? Call the foul. I, you know, I might have showed them up or, you know, but I was at that moment, I'm frustrated. So I'm clapping my hands, right? But in the walking past me, right? I'm I'm concerned about that. Now you don't have to walk past me. I, walking, walking in close enough distance where you can bump me, right? You know, so that that was my concern at that moment. So, so, so he reported the foul, and you're saying he didn't need to go in your path, and he yeah. So like, went. so like he, it's almost like he deliberately came past me and kind of like was like letting me know, like, hey, I'm calling technical foul on you. Like, like I get it, you know, but like, you don't have to walk as close to me because I'm not in your path when you're directly walking in my in my. I'm in my coach's box too now, right? So if I'm in my coach's box, you don't have to get as close, right? So, again, I, I don't know. You know, maybe in that situation, you know, I could have handled it better, of course, as a coach, but I'm just talking about the emotion behind it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, a couple of things here. Number one, the reason why I was asking, because I don't know if he was rotating to his new position, Got but you. it sounds like maybe, you know, he was, you he know. He was coming to the table to report it. Which is what he has to do. Right. You know, um, so, yeah, like I would never clap at you and say, right. draw up a better play. So I'm yeah, sure you can right. understand. Right. And anytime someone is clap talking, yeah, it's not sportsmanlike. So I, right. I'm sure you know that. Yeah, and yeah. I understand uh, emotions get involved and, you know, we get frustrated during the game. And that's really the skill. Right. Is not showing that frustration and self-talking. We all have to self-talk. Refs, right. coaches. We have to self-talk conversely when coaches are coming at us and try to block them out sometimes. Then right. other times we have to address it. But back to your question, after I give a technical file, one thing I've been telling the group a lot mm-hmm. um, is we don't explain technical fouls to adults, gotcha. right? If I give your player a technical foul and you don't know what happened, I'm going to give you an explanation. Gotcha. But I don't need to explain to you why you got a technical foul. You're a big boy, right? Right. So I say that meaning we get away from the coach after a technical foul. The only time I'm coming up to a coach, maybe if if my partner, if Zach or James gave you a technical foul and you're still up in arms, I may go use that as a way to dissolve, um, disarm or deactivate or um, deescalate so we don't have to eject you. 
But besides that, I'm getting away and I'm letting the coach get that time and space away. There's no need to go back up to the coach after you gave them a technical foul. One, I don't want to listen to you anymore because we just listened to you. We heard what you had to say. It was unsportsmanlike. We gave a technical foul. Get out of the way. Let them calm down. Let them cool off. So that's just one strategy we use when we give a technical foul is, you know, giving the time and distance away. Got you. Got you. Now, one other, another question I had. So what can we do, right? The purpose of this, how do we create, and I know you said it the other night in one of your videos, how do we create better working relationships, right? Because you, you, I know you guys stated we're not there to be, you know, we might know a coach, right? Or ref officiate uh, official, right? Officiating that game. How do we become working, you know, better working, right? Have a creative, better environment for to, to create a better example uh, for, you know, these young men and young, young ladies that are actually playing a game. Two things come to mind, and that's communication and that's uh, rules knowledge, right? So, number one, we got to be better communicators with each other. We have to be, this is a professional environment. Coaches are educators. They're leaders of their community. They're leaders of schools, right? They have parents that follow them. They have kids that follow them. And I think coaches lose sight of that sometimes. I know that they wouldn't speak that way during their nine to five job. But a lot of times they're still on premise to their job. Like maybe they're a teacher at that school and they wouldn't act like that during school hours. But all of a sudden during the competition of the game, you know, uh, our emotions get up and, you know, it happens. But I think, you know, refs can be better communicators as well, too. And that's one thing I'm doing with the Crown Refs Mentor Group is we're deep diving into effective communication, effective responses for coaches. But at the end of the day, we prefer to not really even have too much interactions with the coach. Ideally, you're coaching your players, and that should be your time and energy spent is coaching your team. Next play mentality. Same thing for refs. Next play mentality. We'd be happy to answer any any questions if you have like an honest question. Um, be happy to provide an explanation, right? But besides that, we have a hard job to do. We both do. Right. So we need to to focus on that. And one opportunity I think I have with, with TikTok and it's a whole new audience is I'm going to start making content um, aimed more at players and aimed more at coaches. And I said the second thing I think we could do better is rules knowledge. I think the more... Um, knowledge that coaches and players can have of the game that they play, the less questions they're going to have, the less um, explanations that are going to be needed, the less times they're going to get frustrated because they're going to already know the rule. So I think as our our knowledge increases, the less friction that we're going to have, you know, if you can, you know, if you can learn all these new rules and, and, um, uh interpretations of the game you're not going to need me as much right you're not going to have so many questions you're not going to scratch your head as much you know and and that's one thing you know we 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 lose sight of and i used to even coach a, a team it was a is my elementary team and and we you know first practice we're talking about the rules of the game simple stuff travel double dribble um carry but i think after that that's when the education of rules stops Right. We don't three seconds. Yeah, we all know that. We all know the basic rules. But outside of that, it's very low. So that's one. That's why we're here tonight, you know, to bridge the gap. And, you know, I when I first started Crown Reps, it was to educate officials. A couple months in, 
I realized that I had the opportunity to educate players and coaches, you know, and now I'm seeing that full circle where I have players that are hitting me up and sending me plays um, that happen in their game. They're in high school from North Carolina or, or wherever. Coaches are hitting me up, asking me for better ways to communicate. So I'm happy to to answer all that. And, and um, you know, and that's where my teaching and kind of coaching background has allowed me to connect with a really wide range of, of individuals. Um, so, yeah, communication and, and rules knowledge would be two big um, ways for us to improve. And if we can improve in that, I think we're improving the game overall. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, I was listening to Brad Underwood, you know, because I'm always a believer in uh, continue to learn, you know, every day. I feel like I want to learn something to make these guys better. Um, and, you know, seeing it from a different perspective. Now, I'm trying to, you know, kind of um, with myself being an assistant now, because in Indiana, you have to, like, the assistant, and I don't know in other states, but the assistant has to stay seated, right? Um, and so I'm getting used to that because I, I'm used to being up, you know. Um, I coach in the urban area, so, like, you know, with some of the 90% poverty area, right, I'm in the urban community, so with kids who have – I got to coach them up, I feel like, right? And and that's the thing, right, trauma-sensitive. You got to encourage these dudes, so I'm always up, and I'm getting used to um, – but. But listen to Brad Underwood kind of talk, um, you know, talking about the game being the same, right? Um, as far as I know some schools are trying to, you know, some uh, states are trying to adopt the shot clock. Do you think the game needs to be the same at all levels? Um, how do you feel about that? And will that would that make officials' job, you know, easier or would that become difficult for the high school reps if we added a shot clock you know different things like that well you know one thing we hear with refs is uh control what you can control and that's obviously something way out of my control uh now you ask me that question do i if i had my choice should it be the same yeah i think so i think that makes perfect sense 50 states same rules same applications so there's less confusion and when you cross back over Shot clock, we would definitely like to see. I mean, how yeah. I saw a video the other day of just a team holding holding the ball. Like, they held it for, like, three minutes, and the defense was backed off, like, 20 feet. The game was just on pause, but the clock was moving. Yeah. The game clock. So, you know, and I didn't even know that there wasn't a shot clock in some states until I was, like, two or three years in. I even put it through the group chat, a shot clock question, and um, a lot of them didn't even respond because they don't even have a shot clock, so it's not even applicable to them. Yeah. So, um, but as far as the rules, you know, NFHS uh, rule book pretty much covers uh, the entire country. However, there is state to state exceptions. I, I'm learning the more officials that I connect with, it seems like each state kind of has their own exceptions and, and different mechanics and, and all that. So, yeah, it would be nice to see it all synced up, but, you know, it, it, you know, it is what it is right now. Yeah. So how do you, like, when, you know, when, when coaches say, right, letting uh, letting certain things happen or the aggressiveness of certain things, right? Uh, how, what what do you deem as letting letting two or three letting guys play? You know, or how are you coming into a game with your crew? You know what I'm saying? Because Indiana, right? What we suffer from is Northwest Indiana. They allow us to be a little bit more aggressive, right? Um, and then when we go downstate. We don't. We're not allowed to be aggressive. So, how do you come in with your with your crew? You know, game. You know, how how do you officiate that? I mean, I think a lot of that is to per- perception. Um, 
you know, with geography, you'll hear my group tell you, I am so simple. Okay. And, um, one of my mentees, uh, Tanner from, I want to say Montana, he recently asked me a similar question. Like I have a big rivalry game coming up. What's your mindset? How do you approach it? And I told him quite simply, it's the same every single game. There's no different approach at all. Doesn't matter if I'm doing a, a, a regular season game, a postseason game, a rivalry game. I, I don't I don't look at standings. I don't know who the players are. I don't know who the top scorers are. I don't know who the coaches are. I know nothing. I don't know what sets you're running because right. to me it doesn't apply to getting the calls right. And I think if you go in with that um, mindset that every game's a big game, every game matters, every yeah. possession matters, right? And we have to, we want to let them play as much as that we can yeah. until something illegal happens, whether it's a violation or a foul. But I don't go into a different game based on their records or the geography and say, oh, it's going to be this type of game. I think we get ourselves in trouble when we start predicting what's going to happen. It's just a, it's just a guess. It's just a guess. And, and yeah. I tell, I've been telling Cruz in the pregame, like, I don't, you know, don't judge a coach for their past behavior, whether positive or negative. Because what I'm learning this year is the coach of Team A, who's been a nice guy all seven games I've had in his his career, and the coach of Team B, who I've given four technical fouls to, um, the coach of Team A is the one I gave a technical foul to in this game. The coach of Team B is an angel. So why even predict? Every game is different. Everything is based on merit. It doesn't matter what you did before. It doesn't matter that you were the most respectful coach of all time. Right. If you're going to be disrespectful this game, it's going to be the rules are going to be called as written. And conversely, if you've been a problem coach, if you've been disrespectful, I cannot judge you in this game either. I have to have the professionalism to move forward and give you a clean slate every game. Right. You know, and I don't know if everybody's on it like that. Yeah, so I know um, you had uh, one of your videos I saw, too, like uh, the, the whole tough skin as an official, right? Um, you know, one of my guys who coaches here is like, I, I don't know, you know, if I agree with that. I'm like, I said, as an official, the amount of abuse that officials take, I'm like, mm, you got to kind of know it's coming with certain coaches. Not that it's fair, right, but it's – you know, you have some guys who don't respect you all and don't get it. So, like, can you kind of talk to us about, like, I don't, and I think that's, I don't, if I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's something that you, you stated um, during one of your videos. So, if you can kind of address that. If you didn't, I'm sorry, but no, no, no. I, I thought I, one of the videos, I thought I heard, like, the tough skin uh, comment. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you have a sense for what we deal with. You, you would only get a real sense if you became an official. Right now, you're seeing it through a coach's lens and right. you have an open mind. That's why you're here with me now. Right. But until you go through it and get screamed at and get disrespected and get chased to the locker room and get cursed at or get pushed and see where I'm going, yeah. you really can't get a sense. And I don't mean you. I just mean right, every right, right. official in general. Right. Um, so that's where the thick skin comes in. And you know, I wouldn't have it any other way because officiating has taught me so much that I've been able to transfer over into my real life. We learn so much about having to be the bigger person, which is really hard to do sometimes, especially when you're being disrespected. But it has to be done and it has to be done in real life, too, uh, yeah. or else you're going to run into issues and you're going to run into friction with other people. 
so yeah it's difficult it could sure it could really really get hard and quite frankly that's why 70 percent of new officials quit after three years due to abuse and the abuse is from coaches and parents verbal abuse and physical abuse so this is a major problem in our, in our industry you know um and you know one one thing that's upsetting is i think there's a lot of there's a lack of respect before before a coach or a player even meets the ref doesn't even matter he hasn't even saw the ref ref and already before there's just that lack of initial respect um so that's one of the things we're trying to trying to improve on is is that professionalism and and you know i always say with coaches you know i'm i'm very approachable if you have a question but we need to establish two-way respect. You see the same way I'm speaking to you, coach, professional and respectful, and I'm giving you that courtesy. Mm -hmm. Can you do that with me? Is that fair? And then when I say statements like that, the light bulb goes off. My responses provoke empathy. They inspire empathy from coaches because I want to give them a response where they say, wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Right? Our responses, and I tell the group all the time, we want to close the doors instead of reopening the doors for more questions or more insults. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my philosophy with, with, with that. Right, Paul. So how do you, I mean, how do you address the coach, right? Because sometimes you may not know their name, right? But like, you know, when a, when a ref says, hey, 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 <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want, I don't, you know, as a, as a, as a, we're men, right? You men and women, you know, as a respect adults, right? I feel like if I, it's in your language, it's in your delivery, right? Like, and I love how you approach things, it's in your delivery. So my thing is like, I would, if I can say, hey, you know, hey coach, you know, not, hey, 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 you sit down, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like it's in a delivery, right? And that's why, you know, I've had even timeouts, you know, I'll, I'll apologize. I'm like, if I got it overly emotional, but like, if you can just address me as coach and not, Hey, 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 I don't know. How do you, how do you, how do you deal with, you know, the, the calling, you know, of, of names as far as how do you address uh, a, a coach in certain situations? We've had this, we've had this conversation in, in some of our mentor sessions and it's, should we call the coach coach or Neek? Right, right, right. And it's it's a matter of preference. You just right. gotta you like I may use you by your first name if I have to get your attention late mm-hmm. in the game or something. But normally, ninety seven percent of the time, I'm call, I'm just calling you coach. It's gotcha. just that simple. Gotcha. Now, if you're shouting, I may not get a chance to say coach. I just may <laughs> say hey, hey, hey. Right. But then I'll hey, 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 right, coach. Right, right. Got you. You know. But gotcha. yeah, I mean. We don't want to tell the coach to to sit down, but again, we don't have that rule in New York where the coach has to sit down. Okay. So I don't have a lot of experience having to administer that kind right. of ruling. Yeah. Um, and I know, yeah, go sit down doesn't sound good, but that is the rule. Right. The coach right. can't stand up. So right. again, this gets back to rules knowledge. If the coach can respect the rules and know that they don't, they're not supposed to be standing up in that situation, right. we don't even have this encounter. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, I you know just you know, kind of getting that perspective. Um, and it's just, it's healthy, right? And, and like, I've been advocating for our area to like recruit officials, right? I know it's a short shortage. I know it's a tough job, but like you have so many young people who are graduating high school who have no clue, right? Um, and 
we're, we're talking about, you know, some like JV refs here, right? It's only two JV refs uh, doing a JV game, right? And then it's three for varsity. So, yes, we have a massive shortage between Illinois and then uh, Indiana, man. So, like, you know, I kind of proposed, you know, what if you go out, you know, and recruit some officials? How do you feel about, you know, something like that happening in certain states if there is a shortage? How do you feel about that? All methods of recruiting are positive, I think. Um, you know, I'm, it's the next chapter, I think, with Crown Refs is I'm actually getting a lot of non-officials that reach out to me that have been inspired by my videos that want to become a ref now, which is pretty cool. Um, they're hitting me up through email saying, I saw your video. Uh, how do I become a ref? And fortunate for me, and I'm so blessed that I have such a great network of referees, I could just go right into our Discord server and say, hey, who's from this part of Georgia? Do we have a contact here? And then two minutes later, I get a response and we get a contact and then I email the, 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 um, the person back and we've already hooked him up with who is the um, president of the local board who is running the class when the class is to try to get them certified. So I think, I think dipping into like players and former players is a big opportunity for to elevate the officiating industry. I think we got to try to recruit more players like more college players it would be great if there was some kind of program and maybe this is something that we'll start in the future i don't know but um kind of like a post-grad program an entry way plus i think it's a great side job especially for a young college kid i was talking to a kid today who's 18 he's not even a ref yet but he knows he wants to be in the nba he's actually a a good high school basketball player who's probably going to get a scholarship to play basketball in college you know, um, so just to see kind of his energy towards officiating and he's not even certified yet was very refreshing. And I told him, I said, you have a great advantage because you probably just have raw talent to make that transition from being a player to being a referee because you have that natural feel, feel for the game versus somebody who didn't play sports. Anybody can be great at anything with the proper work ethic and all the other factors that, that, that tie in. But I think if you're going to compare a non-athlete and a non-basketball player versus a, a, a current one, and he's good, a good player, you got a good good opportunity there. So I would love to see us tap into to players. Got you. So my last question, I kind of you know kind of have it the open dialogue, and anybody wants to ask me questions on the coaching, you know, coaching side of anything, uh, where would you like to see Crown Refs? Uh, what would you like to see it grow into? Uh, moving forward, you want state to state. Like, what, what's your goal? Your ultimate goal as, as far as growth? Oh, thanks for the question. You know, this is people have asked asked me this periodically throughout the time um, since I've started, and I've kind of had the same answer. I don't know. It's one day at a time. I'm trying to be great today. I really am. You know, and, and everything with Crown Refs, it's been stepping stones. It's been natural progression. I haven't forced anything. I haven't rushed anything. I haven't said, oh, in three years, I want to be this. In five years, I want to be this, you know? Um, and I would never be able to build a community that I have with that, be, with thinking so forward. I'm just so in the moment. Um, but just to give you an answer, I would just love to see the community that I have continue, continue to grow and become, I mean, I already think we're the probably one of the only referee teams in the world. I mean, that's exactly how I look at it. We got over 90, 90 members that are in our private community. And I think they're getting some of the 
They're getting the best education they got. I've been, I'm getting the best education I got. We're building camaraderie. We're building connections. We're building real relationships. We're actually going to probably bump into a lot. Of, a lot of us are going to bump into each other in the summers and in the camps. So I just want to see my community grow and us get stronger and us be, you know, the, the best place for referee education and connection, which I think we've already done in a few months. So just continuing to push um, our, our Discord uh, community, our, our Patreon community, and to connect with uh, as many refs as possible. Yeah, I'm, man, I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry, you about no, to say no, something. No, no, you know, and, and, you know, like I said, uh, I feel like my career has, has been blended. I'm a teacher. I teach, you know, urban urban youth in, in the South Bronx. So that translates to the basketball court. You know, my dad was a coach. My brother was a division one player. My brother's a coach, so I have that in me. You know, and that's why I've kind of been successful coaching refs because it, it, it runs through me. Um, and I want to be uh, one of the best mentors the officiating industry has ever seen. Yeah. And like I said, this is for me, it's, it's humbling for me, right? Because um, just being able to, you know, watch your videos kind of inspiring because like if we had more of those, more of that dialogue, you know, uh, in teaching, right? Then, because I won't want, I won't get as frustrated because I'm feeling like, hey, I know you don't get paid a lot. I understand that, right? And there's some, you know, in my area, uh, at one point in time, like for my stipend for coaching, you know, I pretty much gave that up, you know, and, and it's a lot of people that don't get stipends in high school, you know, that deserve a lot more, that do a lot for their programs. And, you know, I was blessed to, you know, to run the program, but I kind of ran this course and I, I really got, you know, kind of bogged down, man. But like watching your videos, man, and just for you jumping on and it's very humbling because you're teaching, you know, you almost kind of have a holistic approach to it, right? Um, and, and the way you talk and the way you're approaching situations, right? This is how we should be as human beings, right? Like this is what we should, you know, and even when my head coach, right? Being a little bit older than him, you know, I kind of let them know, like, hey, man, like, hey, let me get in front of you. Because that's what I've learned, being a good assistant, right? Hey, let me let me pull you back, dude. Like, hey, he's going to make mistakes, you know what I'm saying? And by him being a little younger, right, he's third year, you know, I, like I said, I've been doing this for for a while now. But running a team is, is pressure, right? So, man, I'm, I'm just honored. So, kind of want to open it up to anybody that want to, you know, if you all have a question for Paul, anybody that's listening or for me, you know, um, you know, I'm open to it, man. Thanks for those kind words, coach. And let me just say this before anybody else hops on. I think one way for us to improve our, our communication dynamic is actually to have less of it. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I just don't know how much a coach I don't, I don't know how, how much information I can give you. Like, let's say I'm in your game tonight. What can I tell you that you're actually going to go apply in that game and actually help your team? I, to me, the more time a coach spends arguing calls, complaining about calls, asking questions, the less time they're spending coaching their team. Yeah. So... You know, I, I think I, I think just there's a disconnect. I don't think we, we need each other that much, but I know there's that built-in dynamic, and I don't know when this started, whether it was 1927 or 1954 or, or, or you know, it's always kind of been here, but there's that built-in, you know, we are allowing the coach to vent. We're allowing the coach to be a voice. 
So I would just tell you like the more times you can just have that next play mentality and not even if I'm, if I'm a head coach right now, I'm telling my players, don't say anything to the ref unless, unless they have time. It's a dead ball opportunity. And you're going to ask a question to fact find information that you're going to go apply. If you're going to go question the official's call, that's counterproductive to win. Same thing with a coach. I would tell a coach, you should not even be speaking to the referee. Mm -hmm. Focus on your 12 players that are on your roster and be emotionless when it comes to the official's calls because it's out of your control. Mm. That's good. And, and one of the things that's written in the rule book under technical fouls is, you know, the coaches cannot try to influence our decision-making. Right. So if you're not asking a question and you're making a comment or a statement or you're shouting, you're trying to influence the, the ref's decision. And that's where that thick skin, you know, yeah. comes in and having to, you know, block that out. But right. you know, that's just one tip I would have for you is the next time you get frustrated and you see an incorrect call or you see it a bad call by a ref or you see unprofessional behavior, just divert that energy back to your team and just say, Oh, that's not, I'm, I'm not the ref. I, I didn't make that call. It's out of my control. Let's focus on winning guys. Got you. No, I like that. Will you, uh, will, uh, has a question. Go ahead, Will. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is for you, Dominique. First of all, I just want to, um, uh, thank you, um, for your time and for someone that's just, I mean, working in higher education, in student affairs, I'm currently as a grad student um, and a grad assistant in student accessibility services. I've like I've heard some of my colleagues talk uh, talk a lot about like resilient strategies with helping like build I mean leaders on your team and um, and one thing especially like during your years of coaching, um, what have you used to teach your players like strategies of resilience when things aren't going um, their way in a game and they want to go after like an official and because it's important for them to help lead and 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 and, and have your leaders on like like understand the moment of game and and, and the energy to think more positively and be more resilient in, in those kinds of situations right um so that's a great that's a great question so um what i usually do right and i tell my guys i'm always going to try to create and uh, set an example for you right so the only thing I can do, only thing I can control is the game plan, right? I can implement the game plan. And the only you, thing you can do is control whether you, whether or not you make shots, right? You only have a 50% chance of making a shot. Now, it's, it's not going to be 100% perfect. The refs are human uh, or the officials are human. I don't like to call them refs. Um, I call them officials. Um, the officials are human, right? So we have to take that element. Um, but just giving them uh, effective leadership tools, right? Um, so this year, um, uh, I've, in our in my school community, right uh, at the high school level, we have a uh, uh, a for the new teachers come into the building. Now I've been teaching. This is my sixth year teaching, right? So I've been teaching for a minute, um, a small minute, you know. So, um, but we have to do these groups, these study groups, and. Uh, a geese uh, talking about geese and how they fly uh, as a flock and how they're getting a v formation uh so i use tools like that and i try to give them analogies and give them different uh items to read about effective leadership and they talked about the geese mentality and how they're you know they stay in flock and they stay in line and one when something's you know when somebody's weak 
you know, uh, in that flock, uh, somebody else takes the lead. So I tell my guys all the time, I said, look, uh, go grab your guy and get him back in, in, in line and get him back in that V formation and remind him what our principles and what our, uh, what our pillars are when we go into a season. And I get upset, right, when a guy falls and the teammates, uh, one of his teammates is focusing on the official and what he called. I'm like, go get your teammate. You know, are you that mentally weak that you have to, you didn't see your guy down, right? Like you're taking, you know, you're taking, you're being selfish at that moment. So I just try to make sure they focus on the game um, and we have to play through, we have to play through those calls. And um, I don't allow them to, uh, we don't allow them to have conversations with officials. Um, if now, if there's a speaking captain, then that speaking captain may be able to go ask the question. But other than that, um, I just don't allow it. We, we don't allow it as a program here um, at the program that I'm, that I'm at now. And our ADs don't allow it. So we kind of have a, 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 a kind of like a system where uh, there's a, a, a high level of respect uh, for the officials as well. Hopefully I answered that for you. I'm sorry. Great question, Will. Coach, I just want to give you a little bit of value too, um, you know, to help you as, as you know, you, with your relationship with, with referees. So mm -hmm. if you're an assistant coach, right, games right. that you'll be assistant coach. Right. Um, the only interactions you should be having with the, with the referee is if like at a timeout or dead mm -hmm. ball, you have, you have a question like, right. Hey, uh, you know, maybe, maybe about a play, but it's mm -hmm. a question. It's not your questioning. It's a, it's a question, right? That's and true. I don't know if you saw me warn that assistant coach yep. in that yeah. video. Yeah. And I tell, I tell officials, um, you know, assistants really have no leverage when it comes to arguing or complaining because it's really only one voice from the, so keep that in mind when you are an assistant, you know, I, and I'll answer an assistant's question. If I have time, a hundred percent of the time, that's not a problem. Gotcha. We want to work together, you know? So just, just make that distinction. Um, when you are the head coach, a couple things to think about, um, you know, ask, ask a legit question. If you have a question, but make sure it's at the right time. If you're shouting onto the court or you're, you know, you're raising your voice and you're, and you're complaining about a, about a call, Either we're going to ignore that or we're going to address it, you know? Um, you know, remember what I said about trying to influence the referee's decision, decision. you know, if they feel like you're trying to, to, to influence their calls, they're going to they're gonna manage you as well. And they're going to, you know, um, kind of draw the line, so to speak. So just for you, when you're, when you're the head coach, just find the right time and ask them a legit question, a legit question. Don't question the foul count, you know? Um, and try to speak specifically. Don't don't talk about five different plays. Gotcha. And hit on one end. This is happening, and I can only I I don't remember three possessions ago. Right. So, exactly. Right. So let's just talk about one play. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I'm happy to give you an explanation. Um, if it's a legit question, you know. So so okay. Speaking to that point, that's a great point because I always try to ask, hey, what did you see? What did you see on that one? You know, on that play. And I always ask uh, the question too, um, what, what can I tell my player, right, to do in order to not, for it not to be legal? Is that acceptable in, in my conversation? What can, I, what can I tell him? Because this, the straight up, right, the, the verticality we call, right? Um, we talk about that call. 
you know, I'm like, well, how vertical do you want them to be? You know, is it, is it, is it here? Uh, is it straight up? Like, how, you know what I'm saying? This, so like, this isn't vertical. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, so, you know, so that's, I try to pride myself on those things as far as um, another one, just some, the, the, the charge block call. And I know that's gotta probably be everywhere around the country. My thing is right. Um, if, if, if a guy's going to slide under, you know, uh, women, you know, girls, boys, basketball, where does the charge block call become a safety issue? You get what I'm, if, if you get what I'm saying, like, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to phrase it where, okay, if, if he's in the air sliding under, like, when does it become like, eh, it's a block, you know, because it's not safe. I don't know. I, I guess I'm confused sometimes with that call because I'm like, if the kid is flying in the air and just, you, just the kid sometimes is in a way, it's like, man, that's a dangerous play sometimes. I don't know. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, it sounds like you're describing a block. And obviously, our yeah. number one concern is the safety of the players. Right. Um, so let's just let's just talk about some rules here. So let the the char- the block charge rule is is twofold. It's it's two categories when a, when on a dribble is mm-hmm. one set of rules. And an airborne shooter is another set of rules. So let's talk about you have the ball. I'm guarding you. In order for me to establish a legal guarding position, I need two feet on the floor facing you. It could be from 90 feet away. It could be I don't have to be in front of you. I don't have to be center in front of you. I just have to be facing you square. If I do that, I've established a legal guarding position. Now I can move. And there, one misconception, I know the first question you asked me is what are the misconceptions? These words set and moving. The game is 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 a involves movement, so right. that term moving needs to be clarified. You can move. You can move sideways, right? So if I'm guarding you, I established, and you're dribbling to the left, I can move to the left and take a charge, right. and my feet can still be moving. My feet don't even need to be on the floor. Yeah, I can move oblique. I'm going diagonal. If I take it in the chest, or there's a legal contact that displaces me. Um, that's a charge. I can move backwards, mm-hmm. right? I can't move forward. So if I move forward, I'm creating that legal contact. I lose my legal guarding position. The play you're talking about is a, is an airborne player. And that's where uh, the defender has less wiggle room. Yeah. So I established a legal guarding position on you. Now you're an airborne shooter. You're in the air. I can no longer move sideways. And I think that's the player talking about where he slides under yeah. him. Yeah. Although a lot of players misuse that term um, because they just, you know, they didn't know the rules, which is yeah. understandable. So I can't slide to the right or left if you're in the air. I can't slide diagonal if you're in the air. And I can't move forward if you're in the air. The two yeah. things I can do, three things I could do is stay put, is back up. I can back, I can move backwards. Moving backwards is a legal act. Mm-hmm. And I can jump straight up. Yeah. You know, so if you feel like, and, and I want you to think about that next time you kind of see a block charge play, Got you. the defender is legal and and the shooter is in the air, then then that movement can happen. The only movement that can happen is up in the air and backwards. Yeah. So so what we're telling, right, we see as, as coaches, I know you, you all as officials study the game, we're telling now everybody's adopting, you know, fighting over the ball screen, right, and fouling with your chest. So... So we're telling guys now, 
okay? No hands, move your feet. And the only thing that if you make contact, only thing you're making contact with is your, is your chest. What are your, you know, what are your non-negotiables about one fighting over the screen and well, describe how, describe the act of fighting over the screen. Oh, uh, so we're that? just we're we're fighting over the top. So like in a pick and roll, right? So we're fighting over the top. We're trying to get skinny and we're just going right over top of the screen, right? You're moving you're moving a top, but just, yeah, yeah. Talk, talk about the contact that you mean. Yeah. Top. So oh the contact is just, you know, if if I'm moving lateral, right? Um, if I cut you off, I want to show no hands and I want to use my chest right to either wall up or i'm i'm blocking you anything whatever contact i'm making with you as an offensive player it has to be with my chest um but as far no i'm just saying as far as the the getting over top of the screen um it's kind of like two twofold two questions so like how much because sometimes you see in the nba guys are really fighting over top and sometimes he gets that foul call so okay, let's, so let's, let's break, keep it. Let's keep it high school, right? Let's keep it high school, right? Okay, so if I'm telling my guy, right, uh, uh, get over the top of the screen, and he makes contact with the guy, like, how do you? He's fighting, like, like what? What do we tell our players that's fighting over top? Well, fighting doesn't sound legal. Not not fighting, <laughs> not fighting, Paul. No, I know um, what you're saying. I know. What yeah, you're saying. yeah, yeah. So just working, working to get over the top of that screen. You know, there's going to, it's a contact sport. It's going to be contact. Um, and sometimes we get called because I can see if you're reaching out for that guy, but if you're really working to get over top of the screen and, and I don't know, I guess I'm kind of losing my track. Well, well let me help you clarify. You What's can't, that? it's very simple. You just, you can't displace another player. Got you. You can't push through him and knock him off his spot. Got you. And I like your strategy with using your chest and no hands, but mm -hmm. fouling with the chest is also could also be illegal contact. Gotcha. I can run into you with my chest, and that's a push. I didn't need my hands to push. I used my chest to push and displace you. Gotcha. So also, you know, tell them to be careful. Just because you're not using your hands doesn't mean you can't foul with the knee right. or bump them with the stomach. Yeah. So tell your players not to push forward where you're yeah. where they're pushing forward, moving forward into contact. Mm -hmm. sets you sets you up at risk for being being a foul yeah. Same, um also when you're fighting through the screen can't pull on their arm you can't you know you, displacement we're looking at displacement okay if a guy gets pulled off their spot or you illegally move me off my spot it's a foul gotcha you got to go yeah. around the screen you got to go around yeah. the screen another thing too swim move is no good either okay so so now you talk so swim move coming where from the post or are we talking about you see it more in the post right got you yeah so so post. okay so that's a great point because i know because we're teaching we're teaching chess because we're trying to get them to move without foul using their hands pretty much so let's talk about so when you go down in the post right we're front the post that gets us confused as coaches as well because like okay well if he's establishing bagging me down right so what's legal when fronting, lose contact, work to get in front. So what's what's legal contact fighting in the post, that, that battle in the post? And not fighting. I keep using the word fight. I'm oh, sorry. Right. I, know I'll keep... I know what you're saying. Uh, you know, I, I'll go back to my last answer. Just It comes down to displacement. And if a player legally gets to a spot, 
you can't illegally bump them off the spot. I understand it's a contact sport and there's going to be equal friction sometimes and that's okay. But if I, you know, I can't push you, you're calling for the ball on the post. I can't bump you off the spot. So now you're in a new location. Um, I can't hold you and prevent your rhythm, speed or balance to be affected. Um, you also see, you know, when, in post matchups, they foul with the knee, which is hard for referees to, to pick up yeah. to because we're looking in the upper body sometimes and then the knee could be subtle sometimes. And usually it's delivered in like the, the hamstring or the back of the, the knee. You know, my knee is going into the back of the defender's knee. Um, so that's another thing to look, look out for in the post. Um, so I just tell your players to stay straight up. Um, stay within their, their cylinder, stay vertical. Right. Yeah. So anybody else, man, I know we, we're about a 50 minutes in. I don't want to keep you too long. I know everybody's, you know, got to get up and school and, you know, work tomorrow. But anybody else have anything for me or Paul? I know, the, you know, a lot of these are your guys, Paul. And I think we have a young lady uh, as well, if I'm not mistaken. Any more questions for for us as well? Appreciate everybody coming. Um, now's the time. Now's a good time to ask Coach if you have you have any questions uh, for him. Um, yeah, and I've been like so for me. Um, I like I started as a grad assistant. I know Will uh, talking about student assistant. I started off as a manager. Um, so and, and it can't be any more humbling than working for a women's team. You know, washing undergarments and like you know going from student assistant to grad assistant. You know. Uh, I had a, a, a official. He actually does a lot of NBA games. He's an African American official. I forget his name. I had if I was going to look it up before we got on this call, but he uh, he told me one game. He was like, you know, I asked him a question and I thanked him for you know answering. I'm a grad assistant, and we got we got whooped going up to Georgia Tech. We lost by 72 points at Georgia Tech, and I was like, you know, um, can you know what did you what did you see on that call? He's like, he's like coach. He's like, this is not the OVC. He's like, this is the ACC. And I was kind of blown away. I mean, I got what he was saying, you know, and, you know, yeah, you got to be a little tougher, you know, but I'm like, to me, like you said, like, if it's illegal, it's illegal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, I get it at certain levels, but, I mean, you know, my journey, you know, I just that's why I was just intrigued with, you know, how you were doing it because as you see certain things, as you go down and you get at lower levels, you kind of, and I try to pride myself on knowing the rule book too, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like if I can know the rule book, you know, um, that that would just help me out as a coach as well. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just thankful. I don't know if Paul, yeah, Paul, my, my internet. Can anybody still hear me? Everybody still? Yeah, I'm sorry. The connection went out, but, um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm thankful um you know for you jumping on man i know i'm I'm getting a little bandwidth so if anybody have any questions you know i'm coach neat uh paul can you still hear me yeah okay yeah so i'm coach neat um if you're ever up this way um like i said i'm i'm open to you know if i'm your way you know i definitely exchange my number with you paul and um i definitely thank you for the opportunity to you know uh, share your story and share your passion, man. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, man. I, I can't thank you enough for all your kind words and, and, you know, the fact that you're a coach and you want to hear what 
referees have to say in order to help improve, you know, you as a coach. So that's, um, that's really great to hear. And, uh, you know, the more coaches we can have like you, you know, the better this will all be. So, and, and thank you for allowing me to bring my group in here, uh, tonight. This has been great. And, you know, I want to publish the podcast on crown refs as well. And I I guarantee you're going to have some refs come up to you and and say hello, you know, and you'll definitely, they'll definitely make that connection. Uh, with you there, but yeah, I want you to, you know, I'll just say this in closing. I want you to use me as a resource. Uh, if you want to send me plays, feel okay. free to email me plays. If you have questions from your games that you want to run by me, like I said, just, you know, you, you have me at your disposal. So I, I want to help you even pass this call. Gotcha. I got you. Now question. Did you record on your end too? I didn't. Okay. So yeah, I'll, uh, once I get it, uh, once I get the recording off zoom, then we'll kind of go from there, man. I'll definitely send it to you. But um, okay. if nobody else has a question, I don't want to hold Paul too long. I know I'm getting ready to head out. I know people got dinner and stuff like that. But Paul, man, I, I definitely appreciate it, man. And blessings to you and your family and everybody on the call. I thank you for jumping in. And uh, like I said, just hit me up at Coach Neek on uh, IG. Um, and anything I can do for you all, uh, blessings to you all. So thank you and you all have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You know, if Crown Refs has brought you any value in the past, I would really appreciate if you would consider joining us in our new private community for basketball officials on the Patreon and Discord apps. We have three different tiers of access and content available. We have Crown Refs Pro, Crown Refs Plus, and Crown Refs Mentor. This is uh, next level stuff. If you've been a fan of the content or the podcast for the past few years, or you've been a day one supporter, um, this is the place to be. This is where we have our weekly training sessions on Zoom. This is where we have our live monthly podcast with special guests. This is where we are interacting every day on private channels. So would really uh, appreciate if you could join us in this community. We think you would flourish and definitely accelerate your skills as a basketball official. For more information, you can click the link in this episode description. Have a great day.